The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Jeff Erickson here with my guest, Paul Spore from Fangraphs, Sleeper in the Bust, lots of other places. You see him on Twitch. You see him on this medium. You see him everywhere. So, Paul, I'm very psyched to do this. We haven't done this this year. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Jeff. Thank you so much for having me on. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, hey, it's maybe happy Miggy Day. It's Field Almost. of Dreams Day. Um, it's Joey Votto Day. Um, oh, every day is Joey Votto Day right now. I'm very happy about that one. So, uh, um Hey, it's a good day to talk baseball. How, how great is it that our, uh, our our aged first baseman for our beloved teams are are just having a moment right now? And you know, even Albert Pujols uh, with the Dodgers is at least super viable against lefties. So it's kind of a throwback with yeah. the three best first baseman of a generation finding that kind of last kick there. Vados is is you know way up here. He's legitimately played like an all star. Uh, and Cabrera and and Pujols are finding their pockets of value, so it's been a lot of fun. It has been, and you know, it's awesome to see that Votto uh, reinvented himself again, mm-hmm. uh, and just such a student of the game. Love seeing that. And he's like, "Well, I'm going to try to hit home runs. I've never done that." And it's like, "Okay," and he's done it. it it's yeah. crazy. You know, there's always that talk about like, oh, Ichiro could have hit 25 if he wanted to, but he didn't want to sacrifice his average. And instead of Votto having that said about him, he just said, I'm going to try it and see what happens. And I love it. He's one of my absolute favorite players in all of baseball history. So to see him have another surge has been great. Yeah. Pete Rose could hit home runs if he wanted to. I remember that yeah. in rec sport yeah. baseball. Uh, you know, I'm gonna show my age here a little bit, but uh yeah, it's it's amazing. Uh there's your yeah, there's our generational shift right there. I'm talking Pete Rose, you're talking each row. Both players are retired regardless, you know, but you're 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 part of the so and that's one of the reasons uh, I you know I love having you on. I love what you're doing for the uh our our community, but you were part of the younger generation, but actually been around a while now yeah i'm i'm pretty old i think people would be surprised to learn i'm gonna be 40 in a couple months dude that's uh, not possible <laughs> it is and uh my, my back tells me every day that that it's very possible but uh yeah you know and i remember uh rec rec dot uh was it rec dot baseball dot fantasy or dot fantasy yeah. dot baseball but either way i remember rec dot sport dot baseball dot fantasy I yeah think it was. The, the <laughs> use, like use that. That. um i remember yeah. chatting fantasy baseball and irc yeah. uh the roto junkie original message board so yeah I've, I've, uh, 
foot a foot in both worlds though because now like you said i'm part of i do twitch and everything and i'm, a, I'm an old man on twitch for sure you know yeah. all, these, all these kids playing mlb the show out of their minds uh their reflexes are great and then my my old butt coming in there hanging out but yeah i i love kind of having some of that old history of knowing where the baseball fantasy community came from online to where mm -hmm. it is now because the growth has been amazing it has. It really has. Uh, I remember at one point being the young guy in the industry. Uh, for, first time Peter Shanky and I went to labor in 1998. Uh, we were we were the token young guys, and we were 27. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't really that young. But, That's how it uh, was at, at, at HQ. And and to see the, the demographic shift at, at uh, First Pitch Arizona has yep. been amazing. Because when I first went, I was probably mid to late 20s. And I'm like, I'm literally the youngest person here by a decade. Yeah, and now yeah. you know we, we we've shifted that age demographic. Next is uh, is is balancing male female, uh, yeah, because that that's starting to change too. It used to be like one one woman was there, and now yeah. you know we've got a smattering, and and so everyone's welcome. That's for sure. We just need them to understand that it's it's out there, and and they need to come to it because first pitch Arizona is just the best. Yeah, well, and that that's that's it is. It's absolutely the best, and I love how you did bring that young, young, young vanguard in. Uh, but you're right; we need to be more inclusive than we are. We try to be, I think, but you know, it, it's always more to do. Yeah, always more to do. Mm -hmm. it's, we're not even close to where we should be, but uh, yeah, both racially and gender wise, we we need we need more, 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 more. But uh, and, at any rate. Um, and we, we're starting to see more analysts out there and we'll try to keep doing that, but, uh, I can't wait for first pitch. We didn't have first pitch last year. Didn't have any Arizona fall league last year. Uh, you know, so last, this is going to be fun. Last year was obviously a disaster on so many levels and, and yep. I would not want to trivialize the super important issues that happened by saying that, you know, first pitch Arizona was the worst thing missing. That was the worst thing about it, but it was just one of those, another reminder toward the end of a, an awful year where it's like. It's just another thing by the wayside that I look forward to every single year that is a staple. And we didn't have that in addition to the, you know, all the other stuff that piled up. It was just another awful reminder of how, how much last year really sucked. So I can't wait. Yeah. I think, and you know, I guess nothing's guaranteed with the way we're kind of shifting with the Delta variant, not to be negative about it, but I'm just saying right. everything's in line right now though. You can sign up uh, baseballhq.com. not an ad, but uh, we both love it. Neither of us work at HQ, but we both go to First Pitch Arizona every year, and I cannot recommend it enough. We both present at uh, mm -hmm. at, the, at the conference, and it's the conference itself is great, but it's the the time between the sessions that's also it really great. is. Whether it really it's going is. to games, which is amazing in and of itself, you have the whole ballpark to yourself seeing these elite prospects. Uh, whether it's hanging out, you know, between sessions or at night playing poker, uh, having a beer or. Or the, you know, the late night the poker sessions are yeah. they're so memorable. They're they're the absolute best. But uh, oh yeah, I don't I didn't mean to bog down on, on talking first pitch because we got plenty to talk about. Well, yeah, but that, I wanted to talk first pitch. It was on my agenda, but uh, for sure. In fact, this is that's that's this time of year we can talk about pretty much anything, and I love True. that. But uh, yeah, so I'm very excited about that. We won't get the fall stars game. That's the one thing we won't get yeah. this year because. Uh, they, we, we're kind of locked into this date for a number of different reasons, but the fall, fall league starting later than it did in previous years. So, uh, so it goes, we don't get the all-star game of the fall stars game, but it still should be pretty good. Uh, tonight is, uh, the field of dreams game. Are you excited about this? 
jaded yeah. about this? How are you about this? No, I, I have some excitement about it. And I got to be honest, um, it, it is a little bit driven by MLB, the show. They, they kind of did a whole program around it within the game. Uh, they got a replica of the stadium in there that you can use. I've been using that all week. So that's kind of got me jazzed up. I have a confession, though, Jeff. I've never seen the movie. Okay. So, um, you know, I don't have that sort of tie to it to draw the excitement. But just the idea of it, a special event, you know, baseball getting a little little piece of the attention pie on on a Thursday national because it's a very localized game, right? You know that. Um, yeah. We, we both understand how it works. So to get a little something national on a Thursday night in August uh, is it, it, cool. I'm, I'm excited by it. I think it could be – it should be a lot of fun and, you know – the, the nostalgia of it is pretty cool, but the stadium looks like it's going to be a great setup. So I, mean, I am excited for it. I really like the movie. I'm not sure I love it uh, or fair. adore it. Um, you should see it, but I should. Not, I should, have should but I'm not it. like, but I'm not like, oh my God, you haven't seen it. You know, it's like, thank you. That's you know, the usual reaction. I, that's yeah. the one I usually get. I'm like, are you, I can't believe you haven't seen it. And then it makes me want, it's such an a-hole mentality that like when people tell you, you have to see something like shit. Now I don't want to. It's like, stop. Don't be such a hipster. I, I need to just watch it. Maybe I'll watch it today ahead of the game to, oh, cool. to get that extra bit of nostalgia. We'll, we'll see I'm, how the I got to imagine this. It's going to stream like crazy these oh, uh, today. It's- 100%. People in my Twitch chat yesterday saying they were watching it all week leading up to it and everything. I think a lot of people want to get kind of in that mode. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if the streams spiked big time. Yeah. I mean, give me give me Bull Durham over Field of Dreams. Uh, yes. Love Bull Durham. Uh, th- that's just my opinion. Uh, baseball movie. What's your favorite baseball movie? Sandlot. I have never seen Sandlot. So there you go. I, I would highly recommend it. But again, I wouldn't force you. Um, okay. I-, yeah. I know your children are very much into soccer, but if they are into baseball at all, you can watch it with them as well. I watched it, you know, in the theater when it came out. So I, I could understand if as an adult, you know, fully grown adult going back to him, be like, that was a, that was a cute kids movie. If that was your take, I totally get it. But mm-hmm. having seen it, you know, when I was, when I too was playing on a sandlot regularly, it, it holds so much for me. So I, I adore that movie. Yeah. And it was one of those, there's, there's, there's little odd gaps you can get age. And it's usually like, uh, maybe I think I was in my, so when did that come, when did sandlot come out? How old were like, you when you were like 12? So like 92, 93. Okay. So I was in college then, and which, uh, then which you wouldn't be you going to, go to see many movies. Movie. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. You don't right. go to movies that much in general. And that's is more of a kids movie. I'm not sure that I would have necessarily gone for it in that in that same realm. Yeah, 1993. So that totally checks out and makes sense why it uh, why it missed your radar. Yeah, and it's funny. Like you have these cultural blind spots. Like I've mm-hmm. never seen Sandlot. Never saw Saved by the Bell. Uh, not one of my absolute favorite shows growing up. Again, yeah. the nostalgia of it. Uh, yep. Watched it every Saturday morning, and then there were reruns that my sister and I would watch. So yeah, I, I hear you. Yeah, so it's not like I hated it, not like I avoided it. I just missed it. And just a so miss, it yeah. Yeah, so it goes. So uh, anyways, uh, but the tickets on that, to get in the door, it's like over a 1000 bucks, isn't it? it it's, it's insane. Did I read something, though, that it was only open to Iowan residents? Is that accurate? Or can anybody go? I don't you might be right i missed yeah, that I, I don't i, I didn't I, catch that one way or another I, but i but just yeah, saw I, that it was a crazy expensive and i kind of like i went off like that after i that. figured it would be because of the exclusivity of it though too because mm-hmm. you got probably a ton of media taking taking a b- bunch of space not everyone can be in the press box i imagine i don't know how big of a press box it is so you got people that want to come to it that are like in the baseball world 
if there was kind of an open ticket draw for Iowans first, then there's like still a, a small piece of the pie left. And you know, the secondary right. market's going to send that to high heaven. Yep, exactly. Um, it's a little supply and demand lesson, of course. Yep. Uh, so that has a lot to do with it too. Um, let's talk a little FBC main event. You're let's. still kicking butt. You're 20th overall in the main right now. Caught me on a great day. Uh, did you see the the far right corner there? Uh, plus, plus 13, 13 yesterday. Useful. Yeah. I like so it. Per, per, perfect day to come on and talk about it. I'm, I'm on a high note. Okay. You're the Michael J. Fox of this podcast. What's the secret of your success? You know, consistency, I think, uh, which is kind of a lame thing to say, because I, 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 I definitely don't have like all the breakouts or, or even a handful of like the biggest breakouts. You look mm-hmm. up and down the roster, you might not be super wild, but everyone's very consistent um, and has mostly played all year for me. Um, avoiding major injuries has been massive. I, I would Huge. say Pablo Lopez was probably the big first big injury that I had. Jose Arquiti as well. I'm a big Arquiti fan. Losing both of them was tough. Other than that, though, it's been knickknack injuries um, and some big hits on on different things. Buster Posey, my 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 oldies, man. Buster Posey, and then a a lowly waiver pickup by the name of Adam Wainwright has wow. been a mainstay for me, including. When I started him on purpose in Coors, I, wow. I, I, I took the shot. I, I I don't even think it was a two start. I, I can't even you think swashbuckler. I, yeah, nice. I don't even think I can hide behind that. I I, I just it was one of those things that's it. It was just a gut feeling, and I know how badly it could have hit me, and I would have owned it if it had happened. But he was pitching so well, and I feel like you know a guy like Adam Wainwright when he's cooking, he has his command. He can survive a park like that. The defense can make the plays for him. And I just took that shot, and I, I said, "Bless you." I was like, "If if it hits me, it hits me. I'm gonna go for it." And he was excellent. I think he threw eight scoreless or or eight eight innings of like two run ball in Coors. So things like that have really helped. Uh, Max Scherzer, another oldie, coming through for me. My closing situation, I, I planned on on really going into the draft and getting some saves. Ryan Presley as my closing ace, Diego Castillo, and Rich Rod after that. Knowing that Rich Rod had a chance to be like a half-season guy, I, I got David Bednar pretty early um, and ha- hung on to him. Diego Castillo you know, left Tampa Bay but went to be the closer in Seattle, so I feel good there. Um, so saves isn't something I've had to spend a lot of resources on. And then, like I said, you look up and down the offense, you're going to find some breakouts. Lamont Wade Jr. Uh, having a great year for me. I'm a huge Jake Cronenworth guy. Jared Walsh, yep. those are probably two of my bigger breakouts. Mark Canna, um, I'm looking at. He's not even active for you this week, but yeah, Canna scored I, a ton of runs for you. He was amazing. He's been a little rough since coming off the IL, but yep. uh, the, the run scored was exactly why I drafted him. Batting first for Oakland, on-base guy. You know, I have a, kind of a bummer of a story that hasn't hurt me as much, but I wonder where I would be without it. My yep. second catcher was originally – Alejandro Kirk and then he got hurt and I cut him for Max Stassi who then got hurt and I just wasn't going to hold three catchers so I cut him and then it's been kind of a merry-go-round since but if I'd had Max Stassi from the yeah. point that he popped off oh man those extra homers would be so nice yeah no uh, but hey everything's going well as is I'm happy with where I'm at I want to ask you something real quick um okay two weeks ago I had a chance at Eloy Jimenez and and he was you know he was in a lot of available in a lot of leagues because he wasn't drafted so he had to be fabbed right. I put two hundred and one dollars on him out of uh, I think like three twenty that I had. Uh, easy, I guess it's hard for you to kind of put yourself in that mindset now, but 
He had been injured that weekend, so I kind of peeled back. Didn't want to go like the 250 that that I was having some talks with some folks. They said, you know, 250 probably gets it done. They were right. 238 was the winner to my 201. I, I wonder, do you, do you have an inkling of how you might have approached that? Would you have gone all in on Eloy with 300-something dollars, third in uh, fab, third most fab at that point, knowing that he was dealing with that hamstring at the time? Because – as he hits all these home runs, I I, I got to be honest. I keep looking back at that one a little bit, uh, a little bit. You got a little FOMO going look. for that. L- yeah, a little, little bit, a little bit. How, how do you feel on that? Well, I, I think a, a couple of things. It's two months still left in the season. You need to keep streaming. You need to keep find, having uh, Fab to be able to acquire other guys uh, the rest of the way. How were you in the categories? Obviously, you're in first place. You're in top 20 overall. You got to be doing pretty well in the hitting categories. Yeah, it's definitely something like I, I could have used some, but I have a 16 homer gap right now to gain even a single point, and then I'm nine ahead of of the person there, so I'm kind of on my own little island. And yeah. obviously, like the six homers he's hit or, or five homers he's hit would have helped that, but it certainly wouldn't have changed it. Uh, same with ribbies; I have 726, so I'm I'm 25 ahead of the person behind me, but I'm 50 behind the next person. So those are the two main categories there. And I was like, yes, he would help, no doubt about it. And I could close those gaps over the course of the season. But I, di- I didn't want to go in all in on somebody who was who was ailing yet again at that moment, too. That was the big key for me to peel back that extra $50. Right. And then the other thing, too, you have to consider is, like, you know, how much does that help you in the overall? Because you need to be thinking about that's playing true. for the overall. Exactly. Um, that That's the one thing that you have to look at a little bit. Um yeah, you know, I'm looking at your now your individual standings. I mean, you still have to hold off Brent Grooms. He's still mm-hmm. got a super solid team there. Uh, in fact, you guys are two away from each other in the overall. Uh, even though you've got like about a what a seven point lead in your league. Wow, that's a that's a tough league or a top just, heavy yeah, league at least. It, it really is. It just opened up yesterday, though. We we've been neck and neck, changing hour to hour. Who's in first? So, that, so yeah, you, you have to worry about that first. Then yeah, yeah. And and my my league is what I like. I want to do well in the overall. I would love to cash in the overall, of course. But I want to win that league. I I really right. want to come away with that first place, and then I can focus. You know, the, the main is still part of my consideration, but I don't want to lose the league. Right, and you got Rob DiPietro in that league too. He's yeah. not going to stop trying. You've got some good. You've got some good t- uh, talent in that league. So four uh, top one yeah. hundreds in there. Four top <laughs> four top nineties if you look at it. Yep, yep. That's a that's a tough tough track. I don't think you should beat yourself up over it. I, I over Eloy Jimenez uh, because of the circumstances. Yes, it would be very nice to have him, but think about that. It, you had what three hundred? You said about three twenty. Yeah, yeah, just over three hundred. So you would have been left with roughly fifty for the rest of the year mm-hmm. for eight weeks. That's that's really tying yourself to three, two, and three dollar bids and to try oh, yeah, to get all some, day get your streamers and yep. That that's kind of tough to ask. What if you have a slew of starting pitcher injuries? It happens. What you know, we're all going to be trying to chase wins down the stretch. We're all mm-hmm. going to be trying to find guys that are going to go, you know, find, you know, find more Adam Wainwrights and not guys that are going to be limited in, in their outings. Even some of the you know veterans, if they're like Max Scherzer, they might be limiting his outings depending on where the Dodgers sit in the standings too. It's the Dodgers exactly. We know how they are. Dodgeritis, as our friend Nick Pollock calls it. Uh, yep. You got you got to be careful with that. I've got some young guys too that could get shut down out of nowhere. Um, Josiah Gray, even Joe Ross. He's not super young, but he's had yep. major health issues. They could peel him back. So that was another consideration that I had. You're, you're keying right in on exactly where my mind was of of being mindful that 
I could have to replace guys too on the wire because I think th these dog days are going to be the craziest that we've ever had because of all the innings concerns looming across every single team because we're coming off the pandemic here. Yeah, that's right. Um, and so, yeah, it, this whole year's weird. I mean, but every we always say that every year. Uh, but that's this true. Is especially that's true. weird. This one is truly unique, though. We've never come off of uh, a, a pandemic. That's for sure. Where we only right. played two two months, and then it's just going to have this this nebulous idea of innings limits and everything. So I I, I can't wait, but I'm also very uh, I'm excitedly nervous to see how it plays out. Yeah, me too. Me too. I'm super excited about it too as well. Uh, quick note from our, our title sponsor, WinBet, uh, before we keep going here. If there's one thing we appreciate here at RotoWire, it's making good decisions and even more so making the right decision. Listen up, folks. I have an incredible offer for you with RotoWire's newest partner, WinBet, the premier digital casino and sportsbook app. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for RotoWire's fancy podcast. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays over-unders, round-robins, live betting, and so much more at your fingertips. You want a break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette, double down on blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at Baccarat. WinBet is currently available in six states, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia. That means neither Paul nor I can uh, dabble in that unless Paul goes back home, uh, mm. while rapidly expanding. At WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. WinBet is currently offering all RotoWire listeners a risk-free bet up to $500 on your first wager. Download WinBet now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. WinBet, the exclusive partner for RotoWire's fantasy podcast. My guest is Paul Sport. Uh, Paul, you are a very busy man. You do a lot of podcasts. You do a lot of writing. Still, uh, you, you wear a lot of hats. I like it. Um, although you're wearing the Detroit hat almost all the time <laughs> while you're wearing all those hats. True. But uh, speaking of your Tigers. Uh, let, let's talk to them for a little bit here because they're fun. Um, they did this whole manage innings things for with Casey Mize for a while, but they seem to have gotten off that, that he's being used as a normal starter again. I'm impressed with the development. I'm impressed with how they're playing under A.J. Hinch. I, I really am too. Um, I, I actually cut Casey Mize in the main because uh, somebody didn't read the full article, and I think that's that's all I can say is that yeah, I read, I read about the innings limit. I didn't see that it was temporary. I, I just missed that. And so, you know, I, I, I'm kicking myself a little bit on that one just because it was an unforced error. Uh, I'm happy with my rotation and everything, and he's not a strikeout guy, so it really is ratio help only. Um, you know, he's not even winning a ton. But, yeah, as far as the Tigers go overall, this has been such a fun team to watch. You lop off that 8-19 and April, and this team's been over 500 and in the mix uh, against all all number of teams, you know, whether yep. it's the high quality teams, the mediocre teams, and the poor teams, they're they're in the games. They're six and three so far this month. They've been over five hundred for May, June, and July. Just a couple games, but again, that eight nineteen is doing all the work with their negative record. Um, and the pitching development's been huge. Akil Badu, just his in-season transformation from when he got that hot streak early that was completely BABIP-dependent to yep. completely turning around who he was at the dish with his strikeouts and walks has been huge. Eric Haas has been an interesting find. I don't know how much I believe in him long-term with a sub-300 OBP, you know, kind of an all-or-nothing power guy, but it's been a lot of fun. Even Scope, you know, I was bummed when they didn't trade him just because I thought as a free agent to be, he should be traded. But if his situation was similar to John Gray, where he kind of told them, I'd rather not go. I want to stay here. So if we could avoid that, I'd be cool with that. I can respect doing right by the player. Because originally yeah. I was 
killing the Rockies for the John Gray. I'm still going to kill them for the story thing. But once yeah. John Gray came out and said, I don't want to go, you don't want to trade for a player that doesn't want to be involved in that race and, and uproot their life. So if Scope wasn't on board and they signed him two weeks later, I'm cool with that. So I've been loving watching this team. Miggy's resurgence to viability and the 500 chase. Uh, Tariq Skubal. Even Matt Manning showed some flashes, even though he's been clearly the worst of these three. And even some bullpen, which even when the Tigers were good, they didn't really have bullpen action there. So we've had a few guys that we can really trust that when they come in the game, Tigers fans aren't like, well, here we go. This is this is a fat L incoming. So all in all, it's been great. I love watching the games. Um, I'm, I'm back to watching them every single night now. You know, the last couple of years, I watch them for a few innings, then I might shift over to something more uh, more gripping. I'll just be honest about it. Yeah, I yeah, love, right. love my Tigers, but, you know, we're not sitting through that. Now I watch the whole game, even when it's against Baltimore. If it's, you know, three to two, I'm watching all the, all the way through, and then I'll go to the other games. So – I love this. I think the, the the number one move that they should do is get Carlos Correa um, or any of the premier shortstops. Really, Semyon or Story would work too. Uh, Seager, not so much bias. I'm not I'm not as keen on how he's going to age with his skill profile. But Correa right. fits the best because Hinch is there. They desperately need a shortstop. It makes a ton of sense for their win for their window as well to spend this offseason. So I desperately hope that they do that. And I think that would really set them up to be like fringe contenders next year and then really be on the map for 23. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, when you have a young team that clicks, it happens quicker than people realize. It happens Always. all the time. Yep. Always happens. Going way back to the Rays. I just remember the year that they went to the World Series. That was one of those out of the blue. Oh, my gosh. You know, but ahead of ahead of schedule, so to speak. Yep. Yep. Because yep. you can't schedule it. You never know when it's all going to kind of coalesce. And uh, I think both the Tigers and Mariners are are, are approaching ahead of time here where yep. the expectations were to be a little bit later. And here they are ready to go now. And so it's like, do something about it. And I, I love what the uh, Mariners ended up doing at the deadline. I understand the optics of the Graveman deal. I don't really care, though, because in the end, that was a good deal. And then by the end of the deadline, they had made themselves better. So both these teams are, are ready to go, and they should be part of the next class of quality teams, the way, they, the way they're set up with their prospect systems. Yeah, I was a little critical of the Graveman deal. I'll be honest, just because, that, of, because of the timing. It, it ticked off the team, and, and there is something to be said for that. I'm not going to pretend that yeah. they're robots and that their feelings don't matter at all. I just wish that people would have let Jerry finish when he said he, this was clearly not a white flag move. I, you have to take him at his word. If he proves to be wrong and then he doesn't do anything else, then I think he can get all the criticism. The optics of it being traded to the team after that amazing win, that comeback win against the Astros, right. I, I, I get that. That is ugly. But he had a plan. He had Tyler Anderson a few hours later, which Tyler Anderson's starter innings versus Graveman's relief innings, probably a net plus already, plus Toro, and then eventually replaced Graveman with Castillo. All in all, it was a big win. Could he have waited uh, three days to trade Graveman when Houston wasn't in the other clubhouse? Yeah, he probably could have and probably should have. But overall, I thought, I thought he did a great job with the deadline. Just because they had had such a, a long playoff drought, and they were one game behind the A's at the time, too. That was the other thing. I was just like... Ah, that's tough. It's it's really tough. Uh, but yeah, you're right. You, uh, you know, Castillo for Graveman probably is a wash. Although there's some some concern about you know Castillo's conditioning and how he was maybe declining sure. a little bit there. But uh, and then they had that disaster in Texas two days in a row too. Right after that, that was the other thing that kind of hurt them. 
Uh, but yeah, you know, it's fun. They kind of had the good, the good problem of being ahead of schedule. You know, if they were six games out of the wild card, no one would have said boo about that deal. It's a funny thing. Uh, They were so close too. And I understand like the whole 6% chance thing (laughs) when you're looking at a team that's one game back and you're like, well, how do you make sense of that? It's because their run differential was super negative. Um, yep. they've, they've had one run good luck, which statistically just does not usually hold up. It can for a season, like you can fluke it the whole right. season and they may, but generally speaking, you should expect that to come back to the pack. So I, I get it. I, I understood the consternation. I just wish people could have stepped back because I think some people, and it, it sounds like you have not done this once the deadline was done, but some people have just dug in and, and they were, they remained steadfast that it was a bad deadline for Seattle. And like, I can understand being upset about how the Graveman deal took place, but the composite was still a net win for them and beyond because Toro's there for the future, as is Castillo. Like you said, there are some concerns about conditioning and things like that, but they've got both those guys for next year and beyond as well. Yeah. What were the Rays doing trading Castillo? They were being the Rays, let's yeah. be honest, because to them, JT Chargois can be just as good and they get Austin Shenton, who is not like a mega prospect. He's he's kind of one of those prospect guys type of players. Like if you're a big time prospect guy, you know him and, and you're kind of keen on him for that reason because he's got a hit tool type that could pop off and, and the Rays are probably a team that could get the most out of him. But he's he's probably not that good at the end of the day. But, but the difference between Chargois and Castillo for two months, the Rays bet understand as well as anybody, as any team, that that can be the exact same pitcher very easily because Chargois is really not that bad. And no. uh, he has four and a third scoreless so far. And and so, you know, he doesn't have the dominance. In fact, he has two two strikeouts to three walks in that time. But he can easily replicate Castillo. So they got a free prospect out of it is what they were thinking. Yeah, I guess. And, you know, it's interesting to see what the Rays are doing. And they keep winning, first of all, except for yesterday where they got pounded. But That was crazy. Um, Josh Fleming, I, that I was on him at the beginning of the year and, uh, th- that, that story's gotten kind of ugly. It wasn't just this outing last night. It was also some other, I, was, I think there was a game where he didn't get a single swing and miss. Um, oh. yeah, yeah, that, that's hard to do. Um, and you kind of have to back off him a little bit, but they also trade away Rich Hill. They have, that you was look interesting at, too. Yeah. Like they, they made this big trade for Nelson Cruz and they, then they did two peel off trades and you're like, uh, I don't get it. Explain it to me. They're so bizarre. I mean, that one, the Rich Hill one was particularly surprising. I wonder if they feel like he's, you know, kind of the ticking time bomb. We know he is kind of personality-wise, but also health-wise, he's 41. Um, The only reason that that one made, you know, really raised my eyebrow, though, is they don't have the starting pitcher depth that they usually do. No. I mean, you know, Michael Walker is like, their ace. I mean, I'm being tongue in cheek there. He's obviously not. It's McClanahan. It's It's McClanahan who's 24, and how many innings are they going to give him? Like right. they're going to be looking to replace him soon to protect innings. Glass now is out. Um, you know, so you're looking at Patino, like they're really putting it together, right? Like, like piecing it together right now. I don't know what they're going to do down the stretch. I have a hard time being against them because they are so good and they have an entire bullpen on the IL that when it comes back can stack on top of their current bullpen and maybe everyone just pitches three innings together. Who knows what they plan to do because they don't have a lot of starting pitching and coming down the stretch. Is it going to be like two or three bullpen games a week, Jeff? That's what, it, that's what it's shaping up to be. Yeah. I mean, I, I was surprised. Like maybe we'll see Honeywell again at some point in time. I don't know. Maybe you know, Shane Boz. 
Yeah, uh, we we it's about time. Remember, we saw him at in Arizona a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, okay, this guy's gonna be awesome. I'm getting impatient. Like, any time now, let's go. Let's bring him I, up. Let's I still think he's going to be brought up as a reliever, but maybe this year, maybe they don't have a choice because of the lack of starters. Yeah, he's only had 23 innings at AAA. I mean, it's so funny that we get impatient with it. But that lost year, I'm telling you, man, it's just thrown me off in so Completely many. Completely changed ways. the scope of things. Yep. Yeah, but uh, he hasn't thrown a ton of innings this year. But you're you're not kidding about the sea of red in their bullpen. They have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven relievers on the 60-day IL. Eight. I'm sorry, Nick Anderson. Eight. They have three starters on the 60-day IL. That's just – it blows me away. It's crazy. And then they have a prospect, Nick Bitsko, that's also on the 60-day IL. And they're just loaded with that. that. So they're going to have a 40-man roster crunch, too, at some point in time, bringing all these guys. Trying to figure that out. And that's not the first time, by the way, that they've had that as an issue. And and yet they're four games up and poised to maintain the lead. I mean, I really like a lot of what they're doing. So I, I guess I'm kind of eager to see how they piece it together down the stretch because, like I said, McClanahan, there's no way he gets to the finish line. You can't trust Fleming, like you said. You shouldn't really be trusting Waka. Patino can only go so much. What are they going to do? I don't know. I'm. Uh, we'll see what happens with the Rays. How can you take Waka out in the fifth inning? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, a little flashbacks there. You know, by the way, uh, Patino versus Snell. That I mean, Snell's pitched better in the last couple outings, but that's that's been a wash this year, let alone yep. for the future. That's kind of crazy. But It, it, uh, it really is, it is wild what's been happening with Snell. Hopefully he finds something to turn the corner. These last two outings, they have been good. Um, you know, I, I have a hard time giving up on him, but I, I – definitely see that the command is a major issue right now and when he can't command anything teams know to just wait him out keep the bat on the shoulder and and he'll beat himself i wonder if like attitude might have contributed to that trade too you know there is the reaction to the tommy fam trade on twitch mm-hmm. um your your world by the way no, yeah but yeah i, I was watching yeah. him when he when he did that did you were I, you really I, I was i was streaming but then my chat came in and said Blake just reacted to Tommy being traded and you got to see it. So I ran over there real quick and he was still in the middle of his rant. And uh, it was, it was surreal because I did, I got, I realized that like people were reacting to it, but I was like, I don't know, is this going to be a huge deal? And it spread like wildfire. Cause he called, he called uh, a, a, uh, Xavier Edwards, what he called him. But he, if you know, if you were watching and you know, Blake at all, you know, it was not, it was nothing about Edwards specifically. No, it was a reaction a, to losing one of his best friends off the team. And, exactly. You know, exactly. They, they don't, not every player follows prospects. There's some guys in the game who are baseball nerds, just like us. They know all the prospects. They know the stats. They're right. just basically us in baseball player form. Other guys, they don't follow all that. They know their team. They know their 25. They know other big leaguers, but they don't know the prospects. So he didn't know boo about Xavier Edwards. So he, he had the, the the particular phrase that he had, which uh, went viral. And, uh, you know, then there was the game six thing, like you said. And so maybe they realized, okay, they wanted to move on from him. But uh, I still think there's upside with him in, in San Diego. I do too. Uh, but Patino looks great, and he's just scratching the surface. There's a lot to like about Patino going forward. For sure. And by the way, Edwards, I mean, he's getting on base a lot, but that phrase was Kind of accurate. It, it actually fits one perfectly. career homer. Yeah, yeah. It, it actually fits. So maybe he did hitter. know something about him. Yeah, he meant maybe, to say maybe. slap hitter. That's what he meant to say, right? He yeah, just threw but, in that extra word there. It was an accident. 
Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, it's it's kind of funny. Vidal Brujan's tearing it up again. They they, they keep coming at waves of reinforcements, but it's, I, it's wild. I still love Brujan. I you know I took yeah. a shot on him coming up this year. You never know how a guy's going to hit the ground running or yeah. not. Um, I don't regret it. It was like thirty six dollars or something in my main, and he it just didn't hit. But I'll be fully in on him back in in September if he comes back up, and then next year when he expects to kind of be more of a a full time player with the Rays. I, I still think there's a lot of dynamic talent there as a power speed or more of a speed power guy because the sure. speed carries him a little bit more than the the chip in pop. But I really like Bruhan. Indeed, I want to talk about him and well and his class of prospects in a second. But a uh, quick note from uh, another sponsor, our friends at Thrive. NFL is back on Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy has over $100,000 guaranteed for NFL Week 1. With Thrive Fantasy, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on only the top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Sign up today and get a free six-month Rotowire subscription. Here's how you claim your free Rotowire subscription. One, visit rotowire.com slash thrive. Two, deposit a minimum of $10 and receive $100% Deposit bonus, $100 would be awesome. Up to $100 on, on that, 100% deposit bonus. Three, play in your first paid contest and receive a free six-month Rotowire subscription. That's all you do. Uh, thanks to Thrive for the sponsorship. I'm talking with Paul Spore. You can follow Paul on t- Twitter and on Twitch, at Spore. Paul, uh, we were talking, uh, I was talking to Jeff Zimmerman last week, uh, who you do a lot of stuff with, obviously, um, and talking about a lot of the early prospect struggles, whether it's Bruhan, Kelnick, uh Duran, you know, a lot of guys struggled upon their their promotion and you know, sometimes that's normal, but I think it's been more pronounced at least it has been to me this year. Uh, and his theory is a little bit that they're pounding these minor league pitchers that didn't get to play at all, weren't at the you know, the expanded training camp rosters and all that. They're pounding those guys. There's a performance gap for those who got to go on the ex- uh, the extended training camp or what uh, the alternate training camp sites. I'm sorry, that's the phrase I'm going for here. Mm-hmm. And those who didn't, and there's, a, and that's then they finally get to the big league level, and it's a huge qualitative difference. That's, I mean, that's actually a, a, a great theory there. And, and Jeff's always uh, really thinking about baseball in in creative ways. And I, I would have to agree that 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 gap is really uh, being exposed this year to make making the AAA to major league jump. Uh, you know. I don't want to say bigger than it's ever been because it, it certainly kind of has ebbs and flows, but bigger than we've seen in recent years. We've seen guys more come up uh, more recently and, and kind of be ready already, and we're not seeing that as much. And I, I do think that missed year is, is weighing on the minor leaguers. We've seen some yep. guys come up and be ready to go. You know, uh, I mentioned Akil Badu from my Tigers. He's a rule yeah. five, so he was coming up from, from even lower levels. That's and true. Obviously, there's other rookies who are panning out. But a lot of the top ones, they're getting that hype because they're crushing in the minors, and then they're struggling. And we've seen it so much that I do think there's more to it than just kind of circumstance of a bad year for prospects. I think Jeff Zimmerman really keys in on it uh, with regards to the gap there based on the pandemic year. And, you know, people might get tired of everything being blamed on that, but it, it, it accounts for a lot. It really does. It, it is the culprit behind many a many a issue that we've run into this year, and I would agree that uh, that the, the the prospect issues this year would be tied to it. I've been I was among the people hammering the Mariner, Mariners for their handling of Kelnick. Uh, I, I don't know if that's still I it still might not justify how they handled him, but it is wild to see how badly he struggled. By the way, kind of starting to come out of it a little bit. If you a little squint, bit. you can see it. Yeah. 
Um, but maybe that also informs how the Royals are treating their guys, although not uh, no. with, with the notable exception of Oliveris. Yeah, There's not, no excuse for that. But it, it it is it's malpractice at this point. Like, what did he do wrong to somebody? If you don't like him, just cut him because this is nauseating. And this is beyond just a fantasy aspect. Yeah. I just don't understand like how you tell this guy that to keep going down and 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 then maintain the guise of a meritocracy uh that that sports is supposed to be what's this guy got left to prove at AAA this year before he gets like an extended opportunity it's it's so frustrating well and especially when the alternative is playing Jared Dyson or Michael Taylor exactly that, where's the upside in playing that i mean i I can see, okay, Hunter Dozier, we want to see a little bit more yeah. out of him. We're not ready to give up on him, I guess. Benintendi, uh, like I get it. Yeah, although Taylor's only one year older than Dozier at this point in time. That's kind of funny. Ryan O'Hearn is getting a lot of at-bats. He's 28. I mean, Dyson, I, I don't get Dyson's it. the real one, though. Like, I'm yeah. sorry. I know you have some ties to him, uh, Royals, you know, for – for being around during the quality seasons, but he wasn't good then. And he's 36 now. Yeah. Like what, why is he on the roster? I'm like, he's, he's a bad baseball player at this point. I'm sorry. Like I just got to call it like it is. He has a 58 OPS plus he's half of a player. Stop. I thought after the Solaire trade, okay, fine. Now Oliveris will stay up big time. I totally agree. Just drives me nuts. I'm so annoyed yep. at that. And it's super, super frustrating. Yeah. Dayton Moore still finding a way to tweak us. I like it. Good stuff there. But uh, no, uh, it's, it's ridiculous. But uh, even after he won over the, the stats community a bit with the success that they had, you know, we had to concede yeah. that he was doing some things right, even if he didn't fully believe in Dayton Moore. But now he's like, now he's rubbing it in and trying to be like, well, now you can't question me. I have a World Series. I said, no, no, no. We're, we can still question you. This is a terrible decision. Yeah. Indeed. Uh, Jacob deGrom going to undergo another MRI in the next coming in the coming days. Paul, if Jacob deGrom comes back, pitches the full months of September, dominates, they get into the playoffs, he dominates there. Are you still taking him in the first round next year? Yes. If um, he does not say if he comes back the last two weeks of the season, pitches well, where are you taking him? If he finishes the season on the mound, I'm taking him in the first round. Okay, and I, and I think I can do it at the end of the first round too, so it's not like I have to necessarily have because I'm I'm not sure everyone's going to be as dead set. I think it's going to be the believers and the disbelievers, and it's going to be every room is going to be kind of split. So I don't think you have to take them as early. You can maybe get Degrom maybe as a wheel pick depending on how this last month and a half plays out. Who's the f- first pitcher taken next year? I think the playoffs will have a big September and the playoffs will have a big role in that. Uh, between Cole, uh, Degrom, and or one of the uh, one of the Brewers. How about Walker Buehler? Is he in that conversation too? Buehler has to be in that combo, and I think I think he's under the radar a little bit, which is insane to say because he's been one of the best pitchers this year. But he doesn't get as much chatter. Um, yeah. and of course, then they add they add Scherzer, which takes away more attention there. Sure, if he has a big October, it's on the it's on the center stage that playoff tax that hits a few players every year in fantasy uh, Bueller will get his and, and he'll be there in the first round. I, I could definitely see him as a candidate for that top pitcher pick as well. Yeah, I could see it. In fact, he might have 
you know, he, you know, he, he's now up to 152 strikeouts. He's got the 12 wins too. That's the other thing that's boosting yes. his earned auction value. But, uh, and it, but the thing is, we usually get the annual freakout, the spring training freakout about Bueller because he's always behind or he's getting yep. managed a certain way and all that. It was justified a couple of years ago, but uh, it's it's a little interesting to see that. But um, what about Zach Wheeler? What are you doing with him next year? How high does he go? I think he's going to at least be a top 10 pitcher for me. Um, at the very least, I think you know, the, obviously he's been much better than that this year. I tend to believe in a lot of what he's doing. You know, you look at him and and he kind of broke through a bit last year as far as the ratios went, but mm-hmm. there weren't the strikeouts weren't there. And it was kind of peculiar of like, okay, I, I like that he had the 292 ERA for the two months, but 53 strikeouts in 71 innings. Well, what, what is that? And he right. was never a huge strikeout guy either. He had. 195 and 195 in the third in 2019. That was a career high. But this year he's taken that step. 181 is the most in baseball in 156 innings, which is also the most in baseball. So his rate isn't the highest, but his volume is. And I believe in Wheeler at age 32, you know, he's kind of in that zone where um, he's beyond all those injury issues that he had that cost him two seasons, 15 and 16, way back when. And he's just kind of established himself as as kind of that that late career stud. And I believe that he can be a, a fantasy frontliner. I'd probably want to take a second guy pretty quickly just because we haven't seen the transcendent strikeouts for anything but this year. Um, so I would probably have a secondary guy that is a bit more strikeout heavy. But I believe Wheeler will be in my top 10, uh, you know, barring obviously a, a substantial injury of some sort. Otherwise, I, I will have him top 10 for sure for next year. Lance Lynn or Zach Wheeler? I'm a Lynn guy. I, I I love him, and he's such a workhorse. And I think I think Wheeler's actually playing himself into a bit of a workhorse type that I think we're going to see over the next couple of years, this one included. But I would go in there, even though he's older, he'll be 35. I just I just trust him so much with the with the volume. Yeah, I do too. I mean, it's so funny how the narrative on Lynn has changed. You know, he went from s- slow recovery from TJS in St. Louis horrible half season in minnesota revives his career the yankees and rangers yeah weird. very weird to see that and now all of a sudden he's a horse and you know we're we're, we're relying on him a lot it, it's it's fun to see I'm, I'm we'll see him uh tonight in that uh field of dreams game too so i'm pretty psyched about that can't wait yeah it will be fun uh quick note here from our blue wire sponsors we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, and that was our quick note. Uh, luckily, if you're watching us live, you missed that. But uh, anyways, a uh, couple more things. So you love playing poker. You love doing mm-hmm. video games. Uh, what else does Paul Spore like? You, you love your dog. Uh, with my dog. Yeah. we got two dogs now, but Charlotte two. Is, is my dog. She's the wiener dog. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely obsessed with my dog. I'm one of those dog people. I talk for my dog all the time. So you and Jen have a second dog. Who's the second dog? What's the second his, dog? His name is Henry. He's a uh, King Charles Cavalier Spaniel. So that's more okay. her dog, Charlotte's mine, but they're both our dogs, of course. You right. know, we, we take care of them. Uh, he's great. He's He just turned one uh, last week. He's a doofy little puppy, obsessed with Charlotte. She's okay with him existing. Okay. Um, <laughs> she likes him, but she she's like, dachshunds are really bratty. Like, they, they're okay. like, uh, they, they are, everything has to be their way when they want it. So when she wants to play, she's like rolling on him, like, let's go, let's go. But that's, those are rare moments when he wants to play. She's like, get away from me. And so she like freaks <laughs> out when he's like zooming, he does the thing where he runs around her. She's just standing there like barking at him. So they get along hilariously. Um, and they're, they're great, but yeah, I mean, you kind of covered it. I, I, I play a lot of video games on Twitch and, and offline. I play MLB, the show and out of the park baseball, which is a baseball simulator. Um, so my, my baseball does not stop. Uh, once once I'm not focused on MLB real life, I, I take it into the video game realm. So I stream a lot, play play and watch poker, uh, watch movies, television with my girlfriend. Uh, pretty simple, you know. I, I I I a lot of things are baseball focused, and then I I dip out and, and actually have a life with my girlfriend when I'm not uh, when I'm not baseball focused. There you go, there you go. We just got a dog about five weeks ago. Uh, he's a rescue, uh, mostly golden retriever named Harley. He's Good Makes boy, me but very excited. By the way, I love yes. that you got a dog. Yeah, I do too. Um, I had a golden retriever as a kid, and it was the great greatest kid dog ever. Female golden retriever. She was gentle soul. Uh, and Harley, Harley's awesome, but he's also very much a young boy. He nips yeah. at everything. Oh, just you know, trying to put his harness on is like wrestling an alligator. I was telling <laughs> you about that earlier. It's just like it's like ah, 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 the whole time. But he wants to bite uh, it off of himself. Yeah, yeah. and he, he's just. And he'll nip at us a lot, but he doesn't bite. Yeah. He just is there. It's uh, playful, so, but but yeah. it can it can start annoying. people who aren't used to it. It's annoying as heck. Definitely yeah. understand. My mom has dogs like that, and it's like they're they're good and they're they're really excited to see you, but they start jumping and nipping, and you're like, hey, you're too big for that. Settle down. Yeah, you know who doesn't love Harley? Who our two our two cats? Oh not, yeah, that's not surprising. <laughs> they they they're very well. They were here first. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's it's their yeah. domain. Yeah, one one before the other, and the the original cat uh, Coco, she's very territorial. You know, didn't even welcome the other cat into the house. Uh, so I don't know, they 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 coexist now, but they're not buddies. Uh, it's, it's it's an interesting dynamic. But she's the one that's more interested. And she's curious. She'll go down. We kind of have a like a kid gate up to keep Harley in one half of the house, mm-hmm. so the cats aren't totally terrorized. But she'll come down to the gate. But then she'll mad dog him and things like that. It's pretty does wild. He, does he like them? Does he want to like associate oh, he, with them? He loves everybody. I, yeah, he's, yeah. I'm Harley. I just met you and I love you. Exactly. Uh, You're my he favorite. Very much that type of dog. Uh, and, 
yeah which is, can be a little much but uh it, he's he's a good boy but that, uh, that's it, awesome it's a game changer though man uh oh, just, completely you know okay who's gonna walk harley i gotta make don't, don't make sure the gate's not you know open or anything like that uh doing the puppy thing again with henry was you know and i would never i'm not one of those people who compares it to kids you are a father you, that is a totally different level but but it is intense to to raise a puppy but uh, it is for you i mean unless you decide to have kids later on you know yeah it is your kid those, it's, the, uh, it's the closest thing i have so far right uh, to that but yeah like they they need attention all the time of course they mm -hmm. will go to the bathroom wherever they see fit and it can be a pain in the butt. And you get you hit that point where you're like, they're never going to be potty trained. They're just never going to get it no matter what. You have a good day and then they'll poop everywhere. And you're like, they'll just never get it. And then when it finally clicks, you know, having Char and having seen her go through it, I had a beagle named Curtis, who I, I raised as yep. a puppy. Going through it twice and knowing that the end game is there makes me confident, you know, in the throes of it with Henry that it's going to be good. But it, when you're dealing with it and you're cleaning it up for like the 10th time, you're just like, this is never going to happen. He's going to crap in the house for the rest of his life. If you have a shoe in his area, do you hope you better not care about it because it exactly. will get chewed. Exactly. Um, yeah. The world is his chew toy, but so it goes. Uh, so I don't know that. Uh, Paul, anything you want to promote before we sign off today? I just want to promote my Twitch because uh, I really have a great time there. And you don't have to be a video game fan. If you like baseball, we're talking baseball all the time. I have several folks in there who do not play MLB The Show. They don't even have a PlayStation. They couldn't if they wanted to play it. They're just hanging out to talk baseball, have a good time, because we're always doing that. Um, even as the season goes on and, and beyond into the offseason, we mix in other sports. So if you're just a sports pop culture fanatic and want to hang out and talk, or even just hang out and listen, you know, treat it like a podcast, uh, uh, so to speak. Twitch.tv slash sport. I stream five, six nights a week. I will be tonight if you're listening to this on Thursday when it comes out as well. And then Friday, I'm doing a 12-hour stream from 2 wow. p.m. Central to 2 a.m. Central. That's a long show. So do you kind of schedule it there? Do you have a always have a block of time so people know where to find you? Or how's that yeah, work? It's usually evenings. I, I would be better served with a set schedule. But, um, you know, my work can be kind of sporadic at times, especially if, like, I have to fill in a, a mm -hmm. missed article or somewhere. So I'm like, ah, I got to write an article at, like, 5 o'clock and put it up by 6.30. So I can't start at 5 like I wanted to. So I say evenings most of the time. But every other Friday, there's a content release for MLB The Show. They update the cards of the okay. players based on real life, and they drop that at 2 o'clock Central. So every other Friday, I do a 12-hour from 2 to 2. Wow, that's awesome. Very it's cool. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Uh, so, yeah, we'll be excited. Uh, we'll see who goes diamond. That's the highest tier there. And, and so that you can play like a stock market game with it. And then right. you can earn currency for the game. So that way you don't have to put in real money and you can buy all the cards you want because it's a whole thing. But uh, it's very yeah, yeah. nerdy and very fun. Awesome. Well, sounds great. Uh, Paul, fun conversation. I love talking with you. I love having you on the Sirius XM show when we're doing baseball. And can't wait to see you at First Pitch Arizona. Thanks for joining me today. Jeff, thank you so much for having me on. I'll see you in just a couple months. All right. That's going to conclude today's broadcast. Tomorrow, we've got Todd and Clay doing two-star starters and all that that goes with it. Please subscribe, rate, and review. We really appreciate you listening. Thanks to WinBet for sponsoring. Have a great Thursday. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.